all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Rachel. And I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Follow us Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Twitch, and our subreddit at All Bad Things Pod. Email us, allbadthingspod at gmail.com. Join our Facebook discussion group and our Discord. Do all of those things. Yes. In that order. <laughs> Write that down. Hmm. What, what is that you're having? Like a tea? Arnold Palmer. Oh, it is. The Arizona so, Arnold Palmer. So half and half. Mm-hmm. There we go. Exactly. <laughs> I am having my usual. Yes. National, local. Yeah. We're getting so boring. We are. Boringer and boringer. Yeah. But that's okay. Mm-hmm. Still 99 cents for an Arizona iced tea, although this is from the gallon container. Very good. <laughs> so it's even cheaper. <sighs> Isn't it funny how little we have to say when it's uh, not football season? Or how well, little just, you have I was going to say, if that's me, that, that would be us. <laughs> yes, that would be you. And uh, we're recording this on a Sunday night prior to The Last of Us, so you have nothing new to say about The Last of Us, huh? Not at the moment, yeah. No. <laughs> All right. So we are on to listener script time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Our most convenient time. Yes, indeed. Thank you to all of our listeners. Yes. Especially, well, all, yes, all of our listeners, period. All of our listeners who have contributed scripts. And then we've got another one from another highly reliable contributor, Nicole. Oh, nice. Okay. I do not know what the topic is because there's not a title. So we'll need to come up with a title. Sure. Okay. But there is written at the top, the stars of this show are animals. So this is a Rachel script, I think. Okay. It's long, but a short, but shorter than it appears due to the inclusion of pictures. Okay. So, full disclosure, I don't know what a good title for this would be. Oh, there <laughs> so we go. We'll come up we'll, with it. We'll come up with yeah. it. Yes. Before I changed my area of study to history, I was going to school for wildlife management. And as I've done research papers on the location of today's story before, my brain wants to give it one of those long rambling titles that no one outside of academia reads. Yeah, I can see that. But this is a. This is a story that's different from my previous scripts. No shipwrecks, though I could easily write several scripts set in this location about shipwrecks. No plane crashes. I could also do that. No contagious illnesses. Actually, that one isn't entirely true. But this is an ecological story. Oh. It's not about climate change. It's not about predator-prey relationships. And it's not about the need for genetic diversity in animal populations but it is about how all of those things together can determine the health of an ecosystem. In this case, I'm going to be talking of what we can learn about how to keep the planet healthy from studying places like this and how every single one of us can make extremely positive or negative contributions to the places we visit. That's hmm. that's a that's a neat approach, yeah, I think. Absolutely. This is the story of the gray wolf's struggle for continuance on Minong also known as Isle Royal National Park, and what that can tell us about the state of the natural world. 
Um, Isle Royal is pronounced like royal. Nothing fancy is going on with that E. There's an E. Royale. Royale. Yeah. <laughs> Royale with cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. What was that from? Pulp Fiction. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. I know this is long, unfortunately. I don't think there's a really a natural stopping point to break it up. It's hard for me to trim the fat on this since while my degree is in history, I started out in wildlife management and the moose-wolf relationship on Isle Royal was of particular interest. So sorry for being wordy. No need to apologize for that. But when it comes to this, I'm pretty nerdy. I realized on a read-through that it rhymed and I hate it, but whatever. (laughs) Sorry for being wordy, but when it comes to this, I'm pretty nerdy. (laughs) Here we go. I'm giving a lot of background because I feel that an understanding of what kind of place this is helps understand the story better. Thankfully, she has included pronunciation assistance. Thank you. Very nice. Afterwards, which Always are tricky to pronounce. Yes. For a native English speaker. My sources are the books Minong, The Good Place, The Ojibwe on Isle Royal by Timothy Cochran, uh, Wolves of Isle Royal by L. David Meck, A Superior Wilderness by Napier Shelton, The Wolves of Isle Royal, A Broken Balance by Rolf Peterson, CNN, NPS.gov, and a short documentary called Wolves of Isle Royal, Quest for Survival by National Geographic. Another source which is harder to directly cite is my two years in wildlife management at Michigan State University and the biologists I learned from. I apologize if some of my details are a little fuzzy or possibly outdated or even just oversimplified as I didn't want to make this too much of a dry academic paper. All photos included are mine, unless otherwise stated. That's right, because Nicole is Mm -hmm. uh, an enthusiastic outdoor photographer. Yes. Gets some really beautiful shots, too. Join our Facebook discussion group if you want to see them. Absolutely. All right. So here we go. Calling this National Park Corner feels too broad. Anything else feels too specific. There are over 420 sites within the National Park System in the United States. National monuments, national historical sites, national heritage sites, national lake shores, etc. 63 of which have the distinction of national parks. Probably would have thought it was a little more than that. That's yeah. only a little more than one estate. But... Well, some, some of them are fucking huge, though. Yes, yes, so. that's true. That's true. Uh-huh. For example, Mount St. Helens is a national volcanic monument, not a national park, but falls within the jurisdiction and management of the National Park Service. Ditto with the three national lakeshores in the country, Sleeping Bear Dunes and Pictured Rocks in Michigan, and the Apostle Islands in Wisconsin, and the national seashores and national battlefield sites, etc. Some locations within, quote, national in the name aren't managed by the Park Service. For example, the Misty Fjords National Monument, which we mm-hmm. talked about. Yep, I was just going to say. Mm-hmm, the site of a previous script of mine, Float Plane Crash near Ketchikan, Alaska, is managed by the Forest Service, not Oops. Managed by the Forest Service. And the Iditarod National Historic Trail is managed by the Bureau of Land Management. BLM. I was going to say that reminds me of White Lotus. He's with BLM. Oh, you're with Black Lives Matter? No, the Bureau of Land Management. I guess he went out with all those BLM fellows. The most visited national park in the United States is... Any guesses? Uh, I mean, Yellowstone's got to be a national park, right? I, yeah. I believe so, and I would sure I would guess yeah. that or Grand Canyon. Maybe. Yeah, it's the uh, the Great Smoky Mountains. That makes in Tennessee, sense too. North Carolina, sure. Which in 2021 had over 14 million visitors. Wow, that was a lot. 
Uh, I, and, and this is Nicole, obviously, I have been to 33 of the 63 national parks. That's wow. a lot. But have only been to a few of them two or more times. The Great Smoky Mountains, Acadia and Maine, and Isle Royal, Michigan's only national park. Mackinac Island, located in the Straits of Mac- Mackinac, yep, <laughs> between the two peninsulas, is mostly known for motor vehicles being illegal. Everyone gets around oh. by walking, riding a bike, or by horse. Hmm. Okay. But it actually was the second national park in the country following Yellowstone. Oh, so oh. Yellowstone is the first national park. Upon the mili- military forks, forts, <laughs> military forks, forks. <laughs> military forts, closing at the end of the 19th century, the island was turned over to the state and it's now a state park. The determination that Isle Royal established as a national park in 1940 is part of Michigan as opposed to Minnesota or Canada was a complicated matter in and of itself. The native people have been on these lands since time immemorial. Archaeological evidence has emerged to disprove the Bering Sea land bridge theory and date human presence in North America to well before that time. And Native Americans will essentially roll their eyes and say, duh, we've always known that. When white people mentioned to them that their ancestors have been here longer than the white people thought. (laughs) Yeah. The Native Americans have traditional territories that don't conveniently jive with state and national borders. And Isle Royal National Park is within the ancestral territory of the North Shore Ojibwe, who moved fluidly across land that is now multiple states and two countries. Upon the establishment of modern borders, people who used to move freely between what is now Minnesota, Michigan, I said Minnesota. Minnesota. Minnesota, Michigan, and, and, and on... And then it would be Michigan. Michigan, yeah. <laughs> Minsigan. Minitskin. <laughs> Minnesota, Michigan, and Ontario became essentially trapped on a fraction of their homeland. Isle Royal is not a sacred site to the North Shore Ojibwe, as Mackinac Island is to the... And... Sorry, there's... It's many syllables. Anishinaabewaki. Anishinaabewaki. Okay but has been used for thousands of years for hunting and copper mining. Some may have heard of the Chippewa Native Americans, and Chippewa is essentially a Western European pronunciation of Ojibwe by the English. It doesn't sound at all. Chippewa, well, I mean, Obit, Ojibwe, Ojibwa. Well, where, I don't know. where our camp is is in Chippewa Bay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, in- interesting. interesting. I wonder if it was originally Ojibwe Bay or something. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, some say that Ojibwe is in turn a modern corruption of the pronunciation of Anish... I did it before. Anishinaabewaki. Anishinaabewaki. This time by the French instead of the English. Though, the, though most members of those tribes in the present day will say they are different but culturally similar. We do know that the Ojibwe name for Isle Royal is Minong. And while their language and English doesn't neatly translate, the word essentially means the good place. Hmm. I have started referring to places I go by both their modern names as well as what their original names are. Denali, of course, has been given the original name back from Mount McKinley, Minong for Isle Royal, Tahoma for Mount Rainier, etc. The way I reconcile this is I consider Isle Royal National Park to be located on the island known as Minong. Hmm. So here is the location of Minong in Lake... This is in Lake Superior. Okay. So there's Ontario... Mm-hmm. Michigan, UP, Minnesota, the very top of Minnesota. Oh, there's Thunder Bay. Yep. Okay. Ontario, eh? And Sault Ste. Marie. Hmm. That's where the stalls are from. 
Sault Ste. Marie? Well, uh, Thunder Bay. Oh, okay. My dad's been to Thunder Bay. Hmm. Yeah, he used I to I don't work think there. I ever have been. It's one of those uh, Canadian small cities. They have like, the... Like 50,000, 60,000 people. They have the Sleeping like Giant shoreline. I think so, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. yeah, that's Thunder Bay. Isle Royal National Park is the least visited national park in the lower 48 states due to its remote location. You have to kind of go in the middle of Lake Superior. Oh, yeah. The least visited national park overall is Gates of the Arctic in Alaska. Hmm. Three of the seven national parks in Alaska receive more visitors than Isle Royal, despite Alaska being so far away from the rest of the country. Glacier Bay National Park, not to be confused with Glacier National Park in Montana... Wrangell St. Elias National Park and Preserve, and Denali National Park. Denali, the setting of a previous script of mine, yes, another mm-hmm. one. I'm, hmm, I'm seeing a, a, a pattern Hi. here in Nicole's just script. a little bit. Maybe just a skosh. Um, had, so Denali had 229,521 visitors in 2021. Now this is visitors to the park, not people attempting to right. climb the mountain. right. Isle Royal had 25,844 visitors in 2021, only about 20,000 of which actually went to the island. The park counts visits to their headquarters, and Isle Royal has its headquarters, a headquarters on the mainland. Not to gatekeep, but that's cheating. (laughs) So here is um, Nicole at Scoville Point. Okay. A popular day hike. It's beautiful. Yeah, very pretty. So the main reason why Isle Royale is so rarely visited is, well, it's in Lake Superior, which, as I noted in my script on the Standard Rock Lighthouse explosion, oh, yeah, remember that one? Mm -hmm, Holds 10% of the entire world's available freshwater. By available, I mean excluding the ice caps. Sure. Lake Superior is clean enough that water drawn from the lake around Minong does not need to be filtered. Water drawn from inland lakes on the island does need to be run through filters to be potable. Also, I probably just wouldn't recommend going there and randomly grabbing water to drink it. No, just because you yeah, kind of need to know yeah, what you're doing, yeah. I'm sure. This is extra impressive given that the lake has a retention rate over of over a century. Water deposited in Lake Superior will, on average, not leave the lake for 112 years. Wow. The lake with the shortest retention time is Lake Erie with 2.6 years. <laughs> That's a lot Makes faster. Sense. Is that the one that Buffalo was on? Mm-hmm. Lake Erie? Yeah. Yep. The island is part of Michigan, although closer to the mainland of Minnesota, and the only way to get there is by boat or by seaplane. The boats from Michigan take three to six hours to make the trip one way, depending on what town oh, you depart from. Yeah. That's, a, That's a long it trip. It is a long trip. I think it's like, it's probably closer, it probably takes less time to get to Bimini. <laughs> <laughs> from probably the, does South Florida, right? Yeah, you, you take a direct flight to Miami and probably a direct flight to Bimini, I would guess. Yeah, which would probably yeah. be less than six hours, or even just a—I mean, just a boat ride. Well, that too. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I was thinking more of like just getting there, but yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're probably right. I always go from Copper Harbor, the northernmost town in Michigan's Upper Peninsula, and it is about a three-hour and fifteen-minute trip if the lake is as is calm and can be as long as four hours if there's wind and waves. Wolf biologist Rolf Peterson. Okay, imagine your Wolf and Rolf Wolf 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 Rolf. Rolf. <laughs> I'm Rolf funny. the Wolf biologist, <laughs> or this is the Wolf biologist Rolf. <laughs> what? Rough? (laughs) Says he always recommends people go by boat as, quote, 
to cross Lake Superior in a boat, even amidst flat calm, is to feel vulnerable. Within the mainland disappearing out the stern and loons migrating left to right across our bow, we were reminded of our proper place in nature, that of fellow voyagers with other creatures. The big lake and the remote island gradually became the real world. Hmm. Boat trips are delayed or canceled several times per season for safety reasons. Yeah. Lake Superior is not to be messed with, especially outside of summer months. This podcast has discussed the Great Lakes many times, including Lake Superior in multiple episodes. So I'll just summarize. It's fucking big. <laughs> Correct. Accurate. That's why it's called Superior. Yes. As we take uh, And we take it very seriously. The boat captains will come over the PA system at the end of every voyage to and from Minang to thank the lake for allowing us to cross. Huh. Hmm. I was asked in the Facebook discussion group a while back if it's true that we anthropomorphize the Great Lakes and Lake Superior specifically, and the answer is definitely yes. When you grow up around here, you don't even think twice about doing it. That's fair. I'm sure it it helps instill a sense of safety and respect around it. sure. Isle Royal is only open from May through October, and then the park is essentially abandoned until spring. It is the only national park in the United States that completely closes during the winter. Huh. Yeah, because, I mean, really, who's going to go there? I bet it's a safety issue. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are staff still on hand to maintain, like, certain things, but other, you're not having tourists there. At, at least, yeah. They may, yeah. I, I wonder if they even just abandon upkeep then, too. Because, yeah, like, yeah, what? Yeah. how much upkeep are you going to do in the snow, you know? Yeah, so, who knows? Well, you got to plow here and there, so yeah, who knows? Maybe. I don't know. Um, To get an idea of how far the island is from major metropolitan areas, the distance from Isle Royal to Detroit, Michigan, is farther by 30 miles than the distance from Detroit to Washington, D.C. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. Man. And Detroit's way up there. Yes, it is. It's quite far north. Yes. When you're in Detroit, Canada is south. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) <laughs> Which is, that's one of the few places in America where you can make that statement. Yeah. Where is Detroit compared to Toronto? Because that's the one place I was most recently. I'm not very good with oh. geography. That's eh, okay. They're close to each other. <laughs> All right. So here's a picture from Nicole on the boat from Co- Copper Harbor, June 2022. Lake Superior was calm that day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nicole is also a very, like, um... Has proper camera equipment and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. She's not just taking snaps on her no. phone or something. No, she knows how to get the lighting right and and that, and proper yeah. equipment and mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, it's very impressive. There are multiple ways to get to various locations on the island via backpacking, boats, water taxis, and and the planes. And if this was a research paper on tourism as opposed to a script for a disaster podcast, I would get into all of that because it's very helpful for first time visitors who might be otherwise intimidated by the planning involved. Long and short, if you are planning a visit to a national park, join our Facebook discussion group at Nicole and and ask Ask her her about it. (laughs) Yes. What to do. Basically, there are two base camps, if you will, on the island. Windigo on the west side, where you go if you depart from Minnesota or Canada, and Rock Harbor, where you go if you depart from Michigan. Windigo has a small camp store and a couple basic cabins. Rock Harbor has one rustic hotel, oh boy, a rustic, a couple housekeeping cottages, a restaurant, a camp store, and a national park office, and that's it. The island is 45 miles long and 9 miles wide. 
or 72 kilometers by 14 kilometers. That's that's a decent size. And the only infrastructure is what I just listed at Rock Harbor and Windigo. Aside from a couple pit toilets at some of the campsites that can be found across the island. Yeah. No, 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 no. Even in Rock Harbor, even in Rock Harbor, amenities are limited. The restaurant food is not really much more expensive than what you'd find on the mainland, but it has a limited menu that heavily features fish since gestures vaguely at the massive lake. (laughs) Yes. In other words, supply. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The housekeeping cabins have a kitchen, indoor plumbing, a bathtub, a bed that rolls out from one of the walls, bunk beds, and Adirondack chairs. That doesn't sound so bad. Not at all. You wash your own dishes and a hotel employee brings your luggage from the boat to your cottage and from your cottage back to the boat. I've always stayed in the cottage over the lodge since the price is the same and I can bring a cooler to use to make my own food. Both hotels in the cabins are roughly $250 a night. The majority of people who stay on the island camp. Something you will not do. I would would spend the $250 a night, I'll tell you that. Although I'm not even sure I'd be willing to stay. Uh, What about a nice day trip? Day trip. Yeah. Sure. So here's uh, inside a cottage. Oh, yeah. It's nice. Very nice. It's not bad. Yeah. It's, it doesn't sound bad. Mm-mm. A quote from national uh, NPS.gov's webpage on the National Park. Quote, your invitation to a superior wilderness. Explore a rugged, isolated island far from our connected communities. Isle Royal offers adventures, adventures for backpackers, hikers, boaters, paddlers, and divers. Cross Lake Superior and make a commitment. Become part of this island and let it become a part of you. That's a little creepy. Find peace and refuge in island wilderness because Isle Royal, in turn, finds refuge in us. Help Isle Royal stay wild. You know what? Mm. I will help Isle Royal stay wild, but not, not going, not going there. there. <laughs> <laughs> Despite being the least visited national park in the 48, Isle Royal is per capita one of the most revisited. Oh, well, that says something, you know? Sure. The percentage of people who visit more than once is higher than almost every other national park in the United States. Over 99% of the island is, quote, designated wilderness with no infrastructure sure. at all. Okay. A sign along the Stoll Trail, a favorite of mine on the island, explains this, quote, Beyond here you enter designated wilderness. You will find no more signs that explain what you see. The purpose of designated wilderness is to retain a primeval character with the imprint of humans substantially diminished. Beyond this point, you must make your own discoveries, end quote. That's kind of cool. That'd be kind of fun. Make your own discoveries. It does sound very, like, I mean, it wouldn't be fun if there were still dinosaurs around. (laughs) But, uh, you know, since there's none of those. Plus it's and, in the... And uh, not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think, uh, I would not think venomous snakes either. You know, that's, that's the interesting thing I want. Well, maybe Nicole will get into it. Like what type of, well, wolves, obviously. You'll see, yes. I'm the, guessing. For sure should be those. Um, Foxes, uh, deer. Mammalian over reptilian, I would yeah. think. Mm-hmm. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Yeah, they're much more used to a cold climate. Yeah. Mammals. And, and built for it, right? Because mm-hmm. they're warm-blooded. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nicole said, this is a very me place, isn't it? <laughs> and it is. She's a very, like, wilderness person. Mm-hmm. So the trails are often single file, rocky, and some require walking over essentially just a board laid across water. Similar to the uh, the ladder across the building roofs <laughs> and, that we and, saw in Judgment and, Night and Judgment today. Night. 
probably a lot safer. Yes. <laughs> when I brought my best friend in 2022, a resident of Anaheim, California, who thinks of places like Yosemite and the Grand Canyon when she thinks of national parks, she kept repeating... This is crazy. There's nobody here. And it would be like that. Anaheim is is Southern California. Of course, you're used to being around people all the time. Yeah. Not and and not used to being out in the literally out in the woods. Right. Yeah. Although there is some beautiful wilderness in California, but still. (laughs) If it hasn't burned down by now. Oh, geez. She visited as part of a three week road trip all around Michigan and Minong was one of the highlights for her. That's awesome. Uh, This is kayaking in Tobin Harbor. In 2022. It's just beautiful, like, lake with mm-hmm. tree-lined coasts, you yeah. know? No, it's a, it's like a Norman Rockwell painting. A little bit. A little bit. But you can experience it, like, firsthand. I don't know that Norman Rockwell did, um... That's true, he didn't do nature stuff. Yeah, very, scenes. But, uh, but you know it what does I mean. seem like, like an a... outdoor painting, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh-huh. Of course, not everyone appreciates the ruggedness of the park, though I cannot fathom why one would pay all that money to get there. The Copper Harbor boat is roughly $150 per person round trip. Yeah, Yeah. I don't doubt that. If they hadn't at the very least researched the place they were going before arrival to be prepared for it, but also just not visited if it didn't sound like something they'd enjoy. Yeah. There's a small business called (laughs) Subpar Parks. That I've followed on Instagram for years, and what they do is they find hilariously ridiculous one-star reviews of national park sites on Google, nice. Yelp, TripAdvisor, etc., and make wall art from them. <laughs> a few of my favorites are included in the list below because I think people would get a kick out of them. Okay, so Sequoia National Park in California. Okay. There are bugs. Which would be amazing. I would love to go to that. Yes, that yes. W- the sequoias, the redwoods, mm-hmm. all that, yeah. There are bugs, and they will bite you on your face. (laughs) Yes, they will. (laughs) From Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming. All I saw was a lake, mountains, and some trees. (laughs) That's kind of the point. I could be wrong, but if that's that's your description of uh, Teton, Mm -hmm. then you're dead inside. (laughs) You've missed a lot. I I mean, really, like, yeah, like, no, you didn't just see rocks or just see trees or you. No, it's. You experienced nature, and you, all you could think was, "All I saw." You was saw something that trees. exists in one place on Earth, and yeah, you're, and you're standing on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, from Hot Springs National Park in Arkansas. Don't waste your time unless you're really into hot springs. <laughs> then why are you? Then why did you go? Why did you go to somewhere called Hot Springs if you weren't into hot springs? Oh, or maybe they just found out on that trip. Like, yeah, I'm not into this. This so, is... so I, I had I had the idea of like a hot shower in mind. Right? <laughs> I thought the water would be cold. <laughs> Volcanoes National Park in Hawaii. Didn't even get to touch lava. <laughs> that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Yes, that's a very good thing. Just ask the people of Pompeii what yeah. it feels like to touch lava, yeah. okay? Oh, that's right. You can't. Because uh. they're entombed in stone. <laughs> Badlands National Park in South Dakota, which is amazing. The only b- thing bad about these lands is the entire experience. <laughs> That's horrible. It was really it was, great. I'm sure it was. I, it was like, amazing. You, you show me pictures. Amazing. Yeah. The Badlands are amazing. Uh, Big Bend National Park in Texas. It rained on me in the friggin' desert. <laughs> okay. Well, that, that should that be... That can happen. Well, and that should also be welcoming. Right? Because you're in the desert. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to happen all that often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if ever. And Yellowstone National Park, which I've also been to, in Wyoming, Montana, and Idaho. 
Save yourself some money. Boil water at home. <laughs> what? What does that even the, mean? Because um, of the geysers. You know, oh, Faithful yes. Water. Yes, it, yeah. And, and it, it is really all over the place. You can you get, sure. you get see the steam coming up. Um, it's not like just boiling water. <laughs> yeah. Saw moose there. It, it's a very cool place. There is also one for Isle Royal, which I purchased a print of and have it framed in my bedroom. Because this is actually one of the reasons I like the park. It says, next to the one-star review, no cell service and terrible Wi-Fi. (laughs) This is is what it looks like. That's so cute. Nice. (laughs) So don't be depending on that shit when you come out here. (laughs) Well, but I I can see what Nicole is saying, that that's part of the appeal is literally being cut off. cutting yourself off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With no option. Mm -hmm. Like... (laughs) I, uh, as you know, learned uh, that in Toronto, I got voice and text on my plan, but I didn't realize I didn't get data on my plan in Canada. So I wasn't, I was able, like I could call if there was emergency or text or whatever, but I couldn't use like Google Maps or any of my data. And even that felt a little bit like weirdly freeing, you know, because then you can't just look at your phone the whole time. Right. You know, you're kind of forced to interact with. Um, because even in the coolest place, I think we're prone to just look at our phone. Yeah. <laughs> at this point, because it's habitual. It's just you know? normal at this yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Upon arrival to the island by seaplane or by boat, every visitor is required to go through a safety orientation so that they fully understand how remote the park is and that there was a chance they'd need to self-rescue if something sure. went wrong and how to stay safe if you encounter a moose or wolf. I am always more concerned with pissing off a moose. (laughs) And you can tell which of the two animals are more likely to result in injury to a person based on the time spent on them during the orientation. Mm. I think they have about two sentences on wolf encounters and then spend several minutes on moose behaviors, body language, and what to do in various situations in a moose encounter. Yes, because they are fucking gigantic. They're, I don't think any... I think if you're, if you're not from a... I'm from Miami. Of course I was Never, not from no. a moose place. They, they weren't native. A moose place. Those th- A moose place. <laughs> I'm not from a moose place. I'm from an, a gator place. I don't, I don't know where you're from. <laughs> I'm not from a moose place. <laughs> They're huge. Yeah, they are fucking gigantic. Enormous. Tall as yes. anything. Yeah. It's it's well seen I mean, like next to a car, you know. Even without um even while the they're antlers, uh, so. Yes, they're tall. They're just tall with that but then mm-hmm. you put that on top of them, like the antlers make them go like 10, 11, 12 feet tall. Yeah. Like, but, yeah. I mean it's they're their fucking... legs are very long. Yes. They're very tall that way. You couldn't like also very skinny. Yeah, legs. but you couldn't like hop up on one like you no. could a, like you could <laughs> I a horse. Think so. I don't think so. Like, and and, horse, horse and horses need, are pretty big. Yes, and you need like a yeah. saddle and a yeah. You need stirrup like thing. you need like uh like an extra extra long saddle if you want right? to get if you want to get on a moose. Well, even on some <laughs> or, horses, they have steps. Yeah, you know, to I was gonna up. say or a ladder. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like, you may. like elephants. People ride elephants and mm-hmm. you can't just no. hike up on one of those. What I would do if I was but the, going... But the elephant gets down on the ground so you can, like, get on them. That's Camels do. do that, too. So do elephants. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think that if I were going to a place like this, I would just bring Nicole with me. Yeah. <laughs> and be like, here, you self-rescue us. I'm telling you this. Like, I would definitely have a knife. Like a... Like an actual like wilderness knife, okay. Not not like a kitchen knife, right? Gotcha. Uh, I would definitely have that, and I would have like 
10 lighters because you 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 never know the one thing you want to have in this environment is, is a way to make fire <laughs> yes but you don't want it to burn down the island well no but i'm just saying like if you get <laughs> if you get chased by the wolf you know you got you've got a knife and lighters so you know how i have weird ideas about things sometimes yes, yes i do so, <laughs> i kind of feel like i would definitely go into this type of situation unarmed because if an animal got me it's kind of it's right to kill me I mean, if that's how you want to go out. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to go out. That's why I'm not going. But, but you're literally, like, be just being completely submissive. I'm bringing a knife. Well, <laughs> yes, but see, the thing is... Like, if you're going to kill me, like, you're going to have to earn it. This is not my island. This is the animal's I island. I understand, but so, I'm, just, I'm just visiting. I'm going to be gone the next day. Well, yes, but the thing is, I would not want to kill an animal on that I wouldn't island. Want, I wouldn't want to either. I, I, what I'm saying is I'd kind of rather it get me than I get it, <laughs> which is why I'm not going is what I'm saying, yeah, right? It's a long way of saying you're not going. Yes. <laughs> I will just allow myself to, to be just... Uh, Therefore, I won't yes. go. <laughs> so back to the, the moose encounter education, Nicole says, and as a side note, I have recently learned that Alaskans refer to moose as murder ponies. <laughs> Okay. I, I like that. <laughs> it doesn't exactly suit uh, my little pony, now, does it? Murder ponies. Do they have murder bronies too? Yeah, they might. <laughs> my little my murder, little murder brony. <laughs> so now we move on to a brief wolf corner, which also serves as cor- a corrections corner. Oh dear. For the reading of my script, so not the script, but how we read it, <laughs> on the 2021 Misty Fjords flight scene crash, where wolves were commented on as an animal that, quote, will kill you, end quote. And I believe David also said, quote, will, wolves will embarrass you by ending your life, end quote. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we basically, we gave wolves a bad rep. We did. So Nicole has to do some damage control okay. here. Wolf att- for, the the, for the wolf lobby. Yes, the wolf lobbyists. <laughs> wolf attacks on humans are incredibly rare. There was an 18-year study by done by the Norwegian Institute for Nature Research that reported a total of 489 wolf attacks worldwide between 2000 and 2018. And in 380 of those attacks, or 78%, rabies was found to be the cause Mm. most of these attacks took place in india ukraine and iran where rabies is a much bigger day-to-day concern than the united states in 42 further attacks it was proven that the animal was provoked and acted in defense and only 67 again worldwide over 18 years were predatory in nature so Mm. it's just very unusual and very rare of the 489 total attacks 26 were fatal, and 14 of the 26 were from rabies, leaving only 12 fatal attacks by a non-rabid wolf in the entire world between 2000 and 2018. Hmm. At least one of those fatalities were by a wolf who had been habituated to feeding out of a dump that humans were managing improperly Mm. and likely would not have happened if the wolf was in its natural habitat. That's one of those... Like when whenever you see signs that say "Do not feed the animals," there's like a there's a reason, why. yeah, yes. yeah, and in fact, it's just generally a good idea to not Leave do them that. Alone. Mm-hmm. Wild animals are meant to be left alone. Yeah. 
At least one other was a wolf that had been forced off its territory and was starving. That's similar to the Champalot tiger attacks, mm -hmm. where the tiger couldn't get its usual prey. Yeah, because it lost half a tooth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There are approximately 250,000 wolves in the wild world. Wild in the wild, sorry, worldwide. I'm like in the wild, worldwide. <laughs> About sixty thousand of which are in North America, and humans overlap almost all their total territory. That's that's way fewer than I would have thought. Yeah, me so too. we outnumber them. That's probably also why it's so rare. There's just not that many compared to humans. Yeah. If wolves viewed humans as prey, they would attack us almost daily. That's fair. The research study states that the rate of danger. The rate of danger a wolf poses to a human is above zero, but far too low to calculate. So that's good. That's good to know. I'm still not going to get near one, but no. it's good to know. I mean, not intentionally. Personally, scriptwriter speaking, in all my years of being in the outdoors and with the experience I've had personally with wildlife, while I have a healthy respect for any wild animal, I am most afraid of mountain lions, sure. grizzly bears, yeah. moose, and bison. Yeah. Even though... Uh, even grizzly bears and mountain lions both attack humans at a much lower rate than we tend to assume. Rachel mentioned this in Sarah's selfie deaths episode when she said that very few animals that we assume to be extremely dangerous are actually aggressive to humans when unprovoked. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was very insightful of there me. There you go. Yes. <laughs> the, reasons that, the reason that wolves have been villainized in our psyche is likely due to how the human and wolf relationship changed when humans ceased to be nomadic and began farming both plants and animals for food. Hmm. Prior to this, we had a symbiotic dynamic where humans would follow wolves to find food and then the wolves would eat the scraps. Huh, okay. Once we became farmers, wolves would prey on the livestock, creating friction between humans and wolves. And we likely viewed them as uncivilized creatures who we left behind when we changed our survival tactics. Some of the sources for this theory are actually fairy tale historians. I was just sure. thinking of that. Yeah. I took a class on the history of fairy tales when I was in college. And while some might hear that and think it's a childish topic, it actually was an incredibly interesting and mentally stimulating class. I could see that. Because sure. I was thinking, like, I feel like wolves get a bad rap from, like, uh, Little Red Riding Hood and shit like that. Well, and also, that's, I mean, that's who was writing about, like, those certain scenarios were... The rest of the people reading that literature have never been in those situations. And right. So that's mm -hmm. kind of all people had to draw upon was their imagination. Right. And, oh, that's like, like ooh, the big bad wolf is yeah. sort of the imagery. And, know? I mean, wolves have been around for a long time. Oh, yeah. Pretty much have always coexisted with uh, upright man. You know, I like don't ourselves. know the evolutionary history of wolves. Pretty long. But... I mean, there are some wolves, wolf species that no longer exist, but sure. did, did exist uh -huh. alongside man for a little bit of time. Uh, wolves prefer to leave humans alone, and you will rarely encounter one in the wild. We have wolves in Michigan. Well, it, uh, oh no, it's Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, never mind. Isn't, that, isn't one of the Michigan schools like the some wolf? Yeah, the Wolverines. University oh, there of we go. That's what I'm but thinking that's, of. But that's a wolverine, not a wolf. What is a wolverine? A wolverine is a, a small, like... Um, well, not small, like a badger type animal, but much more aggressive. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you told me that once and I looked it up. Um, I always thought a wolverine was a baby wolf. No. <laughs> like a wolverette. <laughs> a little wolverine. No. But I think that uh, might have been where you were getting the, the wolves from. Was yes. Wolverines. <laughs> wolverines! <laughs> or, or you could be getting it from a, you know, 1980s uh, fantasy movie about 
how high school kids defeat the Russians. <laughs> what what was that <laughs> red dawn that's what i was oh oh okay i don't think i've ever seen red you've dawn. never seen red dawn mm. oh man i'm sure it did not hold up <laughs> most things it's discussing got, the russians it's got uh not. it's got hey it's got some uh very famous actors uh patrick swayze charlie yeah. sheen um one of the dylans is matt dylan in that I can't remember. A Dylan? A, a, there's a Dylan in there, I think. No, C. Thomas Howell. You, oh. you, yeah. he <laughs> He's gets, not a Dylan. He's not, but he gets confused with the Dylans. Okay. With the, with the Dills. With the Dylans. So every time I hear C. Thomas Howell, I think of, uh, is it John S. Riley? John C. Riley. John C. Riley. Yeah. <laughs> They're not the same person. C. C. Thomas Howell famously did blackface in a movie called Soul Man. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you told me about that. Oh, God. <laughs> No wonder we don't hear from him again. Uh. As Giselle in uh, The Real Housewives of Potomac would say, in T-Way, uh, we have wolves in Michigan and I have never seen one in the wild, although during a trip to Isle Royale in 2013, I could hear them sing one night. Yeah, I mean, we had wolves like near where I grew up. Could you hear them howling? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. We, 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 never, but I mean, same thing. Never, I've never seen one. I'm not from Wolfland either. No, you're not from Wolfland. <laughs> nor Wolfland, nor uh, Mooseland. Moose no, I'm from Gatorland, yeah. Lizardland, Iguanaland. And it's not even land, it's called country. You're from Gator Country. Gator Country, yes. <laughs> the wolf studies done in and around Yellowstone are incredibly famous, and there are dozens of books written on the Yellowstone wolves, including entire books written about specific individuals. Much of what was known about wolves and their behavior and relationship to the rest of their environment, knowledge that was utilized during the famous reintroduction of wolves to Yellowstone in 1995, was learned from Isle Royal. Side note, anyone interested in that should read the book Return of the Wolf to Yellowstone by Thomas McNamee and the podcast National Park After Dark did an episode on the topic that focused on one of the most famous Yellowstone wolves. It's it is ex- episode 61 and is called Caught in the Crosshairs. Hmm. So beginning in 1959, the moose-slash-wolf study on Manong is the longest continuous study of any predator-prey relationship in the world. Wolves migrated to Manong in the 1940s, crossing the frozen lake from Canada and Minnesota. Huh. And this continued with some regularity, adding more genetic diversity to the population until climate change lessened the frequency of these bridges forming. According to the National Geographic Society, in the 1960s, three out of every four winters had an ice bridge that would often result in a new wolf entering the Isle Royal population. Today, they form on average once every decade. Hmm. This negatively impacts genetic diversity. According to Peterson, once the ice bridges began forming less frequently, one wolf would end up becoming the ancestor of over 80% of the entire island population. (laughs) And then Nicole writes banjo music (laughs) in breeding. Yeah. Yeah. Same same thing happens in like the LA area with... uh, Those cougars or... Yes, um, because people mm -hmm. forget that they're... Yeah. Yeah. And they've suggested building, like, land bridges for them and stuff like that because, yeah, they're all ancestral at this point for the most part because there's nothing... No other breeding opportunities. Right. Well, and isn't it common for them to get, like, hit on the highway? Yes, that too. Like, it's really treacherous for them. 
Wolves play an important role in any ecosystem of which they are a part. They keep the population of, in the case of Minong, moose in check, which prevents the overeating of vegetation, which in turn helps the existing moose not to starve, helps prevent the land from washing out as root systems help prevent this. The carcasses of moose and other other prey... (laughs) Sorry, it's. I'm sure it was an autocorrect thing. It it typed other pretty, <laughs> prey. <laughs> I'm sure it meant prey. Uh, helps redistribute nutrients into soil. Famously, in Yellowstone, upon the reintroduction of wolves, the aspen tree made a major comeback as moose and elk had overbrowsed. I overbrowse on web web pages all sure. the time, <laughs> especially Wikipedia. Don't we all? We'll call it overbrowsing. <laughs> aspen trees, in turn, play a part in biodiversity. The chain reaction that occurred with the reintroduction of wolves to Yellowstone also wound up increasing the beaver population. And I could go on for pages about their importance to an ecosystem. Absolutely. So all I'll say is they are a species that is very important for the overall food web. Mm -hmm. There are approximately 5,500 beavers on Isle Royal. Without a balance of moose and wolves on Minong, moose will overeat the vegetation and begin to starve. And the lack of vegetation will then impact smaller animals like mice and squirrels, as well as erode the shoreline. The lack of top-level carnivores in an ecosystem is devastating. Also, in a contained environment like an isolated island, an uncontrolled moose population is terrifying for visitors who are mostly sleeping in tents. Wolves will avoid you. Moose will fuck you up. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be like the Jurassic Park scene where you're turning out the light, and instead of seeing the jaws, you would see the the antlers. (laughs) (laughs) and everybody like just stay still that's sunset in tobin harbor moose often come to drink water at this time i'm sure however climate change is not the only thing that has sucker punched the predator prey balance on the island and it could be argued that at this point in time it isn't even the biggest thing to negatively impact the wolves between 1980 and 1982 at least 52 wolves died on the island And by 1988, just 12 remained. Wow. Park officials and biologists did not learn this immediately. But in 1981, a woman from Chicago snuck a small dog to the island in her handbag. Dogs are to this day banned from the island, with the exception of service animals who must provide vaccine records, obtain a permit, and be advised of the possibility that a moose or wolf might kill the dog, leaving the person without their service animal in a very remote location. Yeah. Yeah. This dog, brought illegally, had CPV, canine parvovirus. It was determined that almost all the deaths of wolves in 1981 and 1982 were due to CPV, and this dog was likely the likely means of introduction. Jeez, Fuck this lady, bringing her little damn dog, purse but, dogs. But I mean, something so simple. Like, yeah. Well, not a virus isn't simple, but... Uh, something as careless as just bringing yeah. your little dog to yeah. the island or whatever. Yeah, yeah, we're not talking about an oil spill. No. Like, you know, we're talking about just, oh, I'm, I snuck so, my dog in. It seems innocuous. Yeah. Yeah. And ended up devastating an entire... Jeez. Ecosystem. In 1981, nine pups were born on the island and all were dead by the end of the year. Wow. So they all contracted it when they were born, I guess. guess? Well, I bet they're, like humans, uh, infants and children are more susceptible to certain illnesses and viruses. So, 
With only six wolves on the island, the population would lose 15% of its genetic variability each generation. Cue banjo music. <laughs> In 1980, there were about 50 wolves and 664 moose on the island. By 2017, there were two wolves Jeez. and 1,600 moose. Okay. So they're, they're growing because they don't have the wolves. Man. Early in the 21st century, debate was lively on if we should introduce more wolves to the island or let nature take its course. I was interviewed on this in 2012, and I argued that we should introduce more wolves due to the need to balance the moose population, and because it was due to human action that the wolf population was decimated in the first place. You know what they should do? Find that lady and make her pay for the wolves to get onto the island. No, just make her live there. <laughs> <laughs> like, with no electricity, like right? no phone, no nothing. Like you No just, knife. Like, you just live here now. No, you have to have a knife. Uh, she has to have a knife. No. She's got to be able to, you know, hunt. No, they yeah. have a they have a vendetta against her. They have a rightful vendetta against that lady. Oh, I would well, at least her dog, but I would the dog's least, probably dead. Yeah, I would at least give her a knife. <laughs> and maybe and maybe is like a you know is maybe like a trying to reach out to the animals like sacrifice the dog in front of them. <laughs> As like retribution yeah. for them. <laughs> maybe they would understand. Maybe they wouldn't. Who knows? <laughs> Biologists from Yellowstone who also helped with Isle Royal have the same opinion to re to introduce more wolves. Quote, I think I saw a documentary about this. Really? Does it sound familiar? It does. Okay. Yes. Maybe it was that National Geographic documentary that It might have uh, been because they Nicole re talking about. All they do is reintroduce like I believe if we're talking about the same thing they only reintroduce like uh Well, like, spoiler alert. Let's see if it oh, happens yeah, yeah. or not. We haven't gotten to that. <laughs> like it didn't take much like yeah. if if we're talking about the same thing, but um, quote, I'll never understand the argument that we should let nature take its course, end quote, said Doug Smith, the leader of the Wolf Restoration Project. Quote, we interfered with that course, end quote. That's true. true. Like we messed it up in the first place, so we need to fix it. He says that we should not just go ahead and interfere with nature when it's convenient for us, then get philosophical and say that we need to let nature be when it comes time to put in the work to fix it. That's fair. Wolf relocation to Minong did wind up happening in 2018 and 2019 as wolves from the Great Lakes regions were captured, tagged, and moved to the island. Mm -hmm. yeah. Video exists of them being released, and it's very emotional to watch if you're like me and are extremely invested in this sort of thing. I see them charge out of the cages into the snow and then off into the woods like they're superheroes about to go out there and save the world. Yeah, I, I, we did see that this is the same thing. That's that what I, you saw? Yes, because okay. they're, they're releasing them into like a wide open area. And, and they're ready and to they just, just go. Yeah. They just dart. Plus with like, 1,600 yeah. moose at their disposal. Yeah, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were pretty excited. Plenty of prey to go after. Yeah. Uh, don't need to go see a new Marvel movie every 20 minutes. Wolves and wildlife preservation officials are my Iron Man. Is Iron Man even Marvel? Never mind. I don't care. He is. <laughs> I think <Yeah>. he is. <laughs> <laughs> the release of the wolves on Minong relied heavily on data obtained from the return to Yellowstone, both in terms of what to expect for the researchers and the best and safest way to transplant the animals. That winter, 2018, the lake froze over and one wolf made a beeline for Canada. Sure. <laughs> it was a socialist. <laughs> yes. He was like, I need health care. Yes. <laughs> it made it, ditched its collar, and presumably began living its best life. Wow, it really didn't want to stay on the island. That left 18 new wolves on the island. When pups appeared in the late spring of 2020 and the presence of yearling wolves showed pups... Uh, were also born in 2019, 
It was such a big deal that not only were the National Park and Michigan-based Facebook groups in going crazy with activity, I actually woke up from a nap with seven text messages about it. I started crying and I'm not embarrassed. That's very sweet and nerdy. Absolutely. In 2022, there were at least 28 wolves in the park and about 1,350 mm-hmm. moose. So they're starting to balance yeah, it out Yeah, I was going to say, I think all they introduced, did she give an actual number? Uh, So they, yes. Uh... Oh, um, not necessarily. I, I, I think they only introduced like eight of they, them. Oh, they left 18 new wolves oh, on eight. the island. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. I was going to say, I remember... It's it, not huge. I remember I remember seeing it being like, that's that doesn't seem like a whole lot. Well, because the point is to get the population rebuilding. Right. Yeah, not to create the population. Yeah. Outright. It sounds like it's been successful so far. Mm-hmm. Damage from over-browsing by the moose while their population was out of control can be seen, but will hopefully slowly rebuild and repair itself. Every year, volunteers work with the park rangers to walk the island in what is essentially a grid search to locate moose carcasses and determine how many deaths occurred the year before. Wolf populations are mostly observed from the air by locating tracks or via appearance on trail cams. Hmm. Another quote from Doug Smith, which I think hits the nail on the head as to why we do need to be concerned about the wolf-moose balance on Minong and what implications our attitude there has on the world as a whole. Quote, climate change is this hurricane and we've got a candle up and we're trying to keep that candle burning. To be honest, nature is on the run and we did that. Wolves are on the run. Where can we have them now? Where's a good place for wolves? Where's a good place for nature? Where's a good place for functioning ecosystems? And so to just sit back and say, I'm going to take hands off and I'm going to let nature take its course. We don't have that luxury anymore. We did it. We messed it up. We're in the middle. We've got to stay there and help us get out of it. Yellowstone is one of the best places in the continental United States for wolves. So is Isle Royal. Nature is declining. Where can we save it? You gotta go to the places that it's savable. Yellowstone is one. Isle Royal is another. Hmm. And that is the end of that script. Well done, Cole. Yes, it is. Sorry, I was like, there's a random page over here, like, but it's yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, yep, there we go. I, right. have a, I have a title in mind. So do I. What's yours? Uh, the Wolves of Minong. That's great. I was thinking the yes. Wolves of Isle Royal, but Minong that... is a good... The, I, I I agree. Let's use that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seemed to be the more featured player. Yes. Uh-huh. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, it's, you know, it's a story of, you know, nature has to have a certain sort of balance. Yes. For, and the, the repercussions of that balance affect everything, you know, mm-hmm. affects humans in a way that we don't even really think about, you know. Or even always know. Yeah. And, and that too. I, I saw when I was at um, the Royal Ontario Museum, they had a thing that said that they estimate that we have only as humans uncovered approximately 1% of all species on the earth. Yeah, I don't doubt. I mean, there's. So we don't even know what we're impacting, right? Because if we don't even know 99% of life on earth, then we don't know how we're impacting it either. Yeah. I mean, and we're not generally talking like large mammals. We're no. talking insects, uh, spores, things sure. like that. Whatever, whatever. But still, cordyceps. Yeah. <laughs> still, all of those things are so incredibly important. 
And well, yeah, I mean, an ecosystem mm-hmm. has to thrive in a certain way. Yeah, like it, it does. And nature will always adapt, mm-hmm. but it'll course correct. But but, it'll... but the fact that we're the ones fucking with it is the problem. And I agree with um, with that quote at the end. It's like. If we fuck up, we have to fix it. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, there's the simple thing. Like, I mean, I love buildings. I love architecture. Mm-hmm. There's nothing natural about them. Mm-mm. They're literally created. Yeah. Like, there's, they don't, skyscrapers don't exist in nature. Right. You know. But then you uh, watch post-apocalyptic movies or mm-hmm. play post-apocalyptic games like Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. Like, how quickly nature takes over. Yeah. And, you know, even, I mean, even in our own country, there are plenty of places mm-hmm. That have been abandoned, towns that have been mm-hmm. abandoned, uh, structures, facilities that, that have been abandoned, over. and yeah, it only takes like twenty years before there's like a fully functioning new ecosystem in that place mm-hmm. because everything else is gone. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's inter- it's. I mean, this kind of shit is. I mean, geology and uh, how species reacts to thrive on, mm-hmm. depend on, you know, certain parts of the world. It's mm-hmm. just, I mean, it's just... The the study of nature is fascinating. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and how nature interacts with itself. Yeah. Yes. Because we're part of nature, too. Of course we are. We're just highly unnatural parts <clears throat> of nature. Not necessarily. Because, well, no, what we've created is highly right. unnatural. It, <coughs> yeah, industrialization is right. unnatural. But we, we've only been that for... A couple hundred years right. at best, mm-hmm. you know. Before that, you know, you just mm-hmm. like oh, I, I, I think if I chop down that one tree, I can build a shed. <laughs> <laughs> there are still people who can do that. <laughs> yes, there are. But it was like like nobody was building like a mansion mm-hmm. in like sixteen twenty seven. Right. You know, it was just like no, they were building castles. Well, that's they were true. Totally they were. Building they weren't building that over here. I'm I'm talking about over here. Oh, okay. Oh, we, we don't build castles. But we've built a couple. Well, there's Singer Castle? I was going to say we've been to one. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was just like, like living amongst the land was just like, that's just what you did. It was the norm for many, many years of human history. That's yeah, correct. There was no, there was no industry other than like bartering and, you know, like a regional, like what was called back in the day, like a regional capitalism. Right. Like mm-hmm. this guy grows tobacco, that dude grows cotton. The, the trade amongst <laughs> mm-hmm. them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Yeah. So that that harmony, that balance is always. Mm-hmm. Can we strike that balance again? Yeah. Like can right. we uh-huh. can we undo what's, you know, what we've done? Mm-hmm. I guess the best thing is to to try. So. I still need to read that book up there, "The World Without Us." Yeah, it'd be, it, it'd be, it'd be, it it would be fine. Oh, of course it would. Be. Well, <laughs> yeah. yes, but also th- there was a time when humans were. It did not exist. No, but what I'm trying to say is there was a time when humans were not killing the planet and were just part of the ecosystem. Sure. So it'd be really interesting to see what no humans being involved in the ecosystem would be. Not even in that, quote, former natural way, you know. Well, I would say it'd be really interesting to see, except you couldn't see it because you wouldn't be around because there wouldn't be any humans. So anyway. (laughs) And if you had lived in that time, you would just most likely be dead. All right, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you would have gotten taken out by a cassowary. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That apparently blinks one eye at a time, yeah. which is very creepy. And their little, goes, <gasps> I was going to say, their, their don't fuck with me alarm is, yeah. is kind of creepy. It is really creepy. As yeah. I would as I would have expected. Uh-huh. 
yeah, our, our listener Chris showed uh, shared that video with us. Look up Cassowary. I wouldn't want to make it make that sound. No, and, and why that person wasn't running away at the time, I don't know. No, it's like, did you notice the five-inch claws on, yeah. its, on its feet? Mm-hmm. That they can just strike you with, like, with precision. And stab you in the heart and kill you. Yeah, or in the neck, Yeah, as what happened to our first documented case. Hell, in the, even in the thigh, you've got a giant artery there. Yes, you so. do. Nature's yeah, but, metal. Yeah, yeah um... <laughs> The little brother in Judgment Night likely would have died because he got shot in the leg. Yes, and when he when he was doing his tourniquet, he, he did it directly above, on. Above. No, no, he did it directly did on. You're supposed uh, to do it above. Or I meant below. I oh, thought, yeah. I, I thought this no, was he did it directly on the yeah, wound. It's no, like, that's... no, above, dude, above. <laughs> well, he lives in the suburbs. He, he was close. Yeah. But yeah, I, but yeah, watching that movie was like, yeah, if you get shot in the thigh right there where he did, like, you'd bleed out. Yeah, depending on what it hits. Yeah. I mean, he <laughs> yeah. got kind of hit in the meat of his thigh, not on the inside, which I think is where the femoral artery is. But anyway, now we're getting into 90, early 90s movies. But yes, yeah. <laughs> that check, was a... check out Judgment Night. If you, it's, <laughs> it's free, free on, on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, another great one, Nicole. As yes. always, thank you. Yes, thank you very much once again. Mm-hmm. If we ever visit vi- visit Michigan, visit? visit Michigan, visit Michigan, visit Michigan. Yes, we need to meet up. If my nephew winds up playing D one hockey, which he might, like he'll probably play in Michigan at some point. There you go. That'd be an excuse. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll keep you informed on yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll keep you appraised. I'm sure you're waiting with a breath yes. that has baited. Like, it must happen. <laughs> but yeah, I've never. Uh, I've flown in and out of Detroit a couple times, but other than that, I've never hung out in Michigan. I don't think I've, I've ever never... been to Michigan. Yeah. Minnesota, absolutely, obviously. Yeah, kind of same thing with Minnesota. Like, I've flown, I'm pretty sure I've flown into and out of Minneapolis, like, once, but I've never mm-hmm. hung out there. It's uh, been a long time since yeah. I've been in Minnesota. Yeah. Or did I play hockey? I might have... I don't remember. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, that was a great episode, yeah. and I like doing, uh... You know, going off the beaten path a little bit, and especially from somebody who knows her stuff, which mm-hmm. yeah, Nicole obviously very much does. Yes. And it's... she doesn't really need to cite sources. Like, like... well, she did. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. You're but, right. But if she just wrote it, like, I'd be like, yes, I believe her. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Nicole isn't playing fast and loose with no. information. Yeah, it's not me doing it. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> Not me doing That's right. You do play very fast and loose with information. I I play just mildly inaccurate. Yeah, it's fine. It's not intentional. We're not, we're not gonna get. No, I try. I do. We're not try. gonna get sued for one point six billion dollars over it. Yeah, like yeah, yeah exactly. But uh, but yes, thank you very much again, Nicole. And uh, that was another episode of no, All Bad Things. What was the? I forgot the topic. The wolves of. Manong. Manong, yes. Mm-hmm. That was the Wolves of Manong. I was hoping you would uh, rescue me on that one. <laughs> you know I always leave you out to dry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just proved it again. So that was the Wolves of Manong, and this has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. We'll see you next week. <laughs>